Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Drive Into the Basket, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I am Mike. I am here with Dante and our very special guest for the day, Frank Garza, father of Luca Garza. Uh, thank you so much, Frank, for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you, Mike and Dante, for having me on the show. You flatter me. So before we get started, let's first hear a quick word from our sponsors. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and now a payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's extremely simple to do. Just draft your lineup, feel the sweat, and make every moment mean more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users all across sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's absolutely no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app now and sign up using code TBPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code TBPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So... Yeah, it's it's just got to say it's been it's been great uh, watching Luca play in summer league. It's been great to see his reception from from Pistons fandom. Despite being drafted alongside the the number one overall pick, I feel like he's gotten uh, almost as much fanfare as just the fans really seem to to love his his tireless work ethic and uh, his team first mentality. And it's it's been fun watching you as well, Frank. Uh, become a sort of emerging Detroit Pistons uh, Twitter superstar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, well, well, thank you for all that. I, um, uh, you know, Detroit, uh, one of the videos I had with Luca growing up, you know, he could watch TV, but his choice of what he could watch was pretty much surrounded around VH tapes about basketball. <laughs> you know, of course, there were other stuff, but it was like I didn't say you had to watch it, but if you wanted to watch it, there it is. But one of the tapes we always watched was about Detroit and and the history of Detroit and, you know, the, the bad boys days and all that stuff. So, that work ethic that is so much a part of our game, which is uh, you're not very fast. You can't jump very high. You have to find other ways to play. And that's what's great about basketball is you don't have to be a basketball athlete to play. You can be a basketball player. You could be short. You could be really tall. You could be somewhere in between. But what differentiates you is production. Can you play? Luke is the slowest one out there, guys, but he's the first one down the court. Why? He starts sooner. So running a 100-yard dash really has nothing to do with basketball unless you can use it in the game. Absolutely. For instance, watching the summer, like how many guys sprinted back and covered Luka? Luka was the first one back every time, and guys he was against had speeds on the three-quarter sprint way out through the roof. But that's been our experience. And so, I mean, you know, Detroit's about hard working to make it happen and, and you, you know, earn, not given, and that's uh, – that's what we're all about. So I'm very delighted that uh, and very grateful, John. Detroit has a, a, a accepted, uh, you know, Luca, and from from that standpoint, uh, myself as well. That uh, that's who we are. Not flashy, but we'll be the last man standing. Absolutely, Frank, and that's great to hear. And speaking of earned, not given, Luca earning a two way contract. I believe it was yesterday. So I think some congratulations are in order. And I'm sure this is a very special time for you and your family. So, number one, we'd like to congratulate you guys on that. And number two, we're sure you're super, super busy. So, you taking the time to come on here, talk to us, means the world to Mike and I, and it means the world to the listeners as well. So, is there any way, Frank, you could sort of speak to what it was like to see your son, number one, be drafted, the culmination of his dream, sort of, and then number two, play so well in the summer league and, and earn a contract. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, Dante and, and Mike. Um, yeah. What a wonderful, um, moment for our family and in particular for Luca, you know, I remember that all those times and working out Luca as a young boy, you know, all the way through here to even up through the draft where, you know, early on, uh, you know, he could barely walk and chew gum at the same time. You know, he would trip, over the baseline, you know, and that's a painted line. And the idea back then was, hey, it doesn't matter who you are as an eighth grader, as a player. What's going to matter is where you are as a tenth grader in high school. So let's focus on that as opposed to what's right in front of you, because it could be very discouraging for a uh, for a young player. And we grew up in D.C., so 
I made sure he played in the toughest leagues and he got embarrassed early. Couldn't even hold the ball. They'd steal it from him. Couldn't dribble. They'd take it from him. Couldn't grab, you know, get a rebound. Then they'd steal it from him. And so he had to adapt early and often. I always say this, fail fast, recover faster, you know? So it's like, that was his story. And so to see it come to fruition, the fact that he trusted his parents, the fact that he trusted the process of, it's not, you know, it's not where you are, it's where you want to be. That's the, that's the key. And to have him focus on that uh, and to trust that and then see it come all the way through. Cause you know, keep in mind, we're 52. There was a chance he wouldn't even be drafted just simply because of the optics. You know, he doesn't, you know, his eye candy. He doesn't have a lot of eye candy. He doesn't like, Oh man, massive bodies, super fast jump high. But you got to look at the stat line, and that's where he shines, uh, because most of his gifts are in the intangible uh, world, you know, in the intangible list. For instance, if, if, if statisticians would take stats of, okay, who's the first one off the bench to, to uh, congratulate the players when they're not playing? Who's the one that takes the charge? Who's the one that bots out every time? Who's the one that goes the offensive board every time? Who's the one that says, hey, good job? Who's the one that's talking on defense? Who's the one doing that? Those are all intangibles because it speaks to the inner character of a player. Those players that care about that stuff do that. And I do think it makes a difference on a team to, uh, to, have, to, to have that. And, and I'm not saying it's not there now. I mean, I got the great pleasure of meeting of course, I knew Livers, uh, and I've always fell, fell in love with his game. He's such a sunshine, bright light, uh, just so happy Luke and him are on the same team. But then to the opportunity to meet Cade and the other recruits, uh, I mean, you're talking about uh, right from the get-go, guys. He's just like coming to Detroit from the moment we got here, the organization that touches the, it's like the electricity in the air, the attitude. You could see that, hey, you know, Detroit pick K because this guy's a leader. This guy's a connector. So is Livers. So is Lucas. So you could see there's this whole uh, magic going on that we're just so grateful to be a part of. And the fact that Detroit picked us, that was uh, that was our one we wanted. Uh, and I think Luca mentioned that the other day. We wanted to be in Detroit. And I'm sure Detroit didn't want us, as evidenced by some of our – I had some guy DM me and said, uh, what that this is the all time worst mistake in Detroit. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. just like, okay, I appreciate that. I'm used to that, but let's see if we can't soften that petrified belief because it's only based on optics and nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that's that's a great attitude. And uh, yeah, of course, Troy Weaver from from the very time he became the general manager of the Pistons it was all about we're building a culture here. And oh. yeah, and you said that same thing about about all three of, of the Pistons draftees, Luca and uh, and Livers and Kate Cunningham. Uh, that's you know these are all guys of high character. Yeah. So and, yeah. yes, yes. No, it's um, you know it starts at the top, like you, you mentioned, uh, Mike. You know with Troy and uh, and also with the owner. I mean, getting to meet the owner, you know, you can tell he's all behind all that. He's a self made, uh, you know, hard working intelligent uh, man and, and sure did, yeah. did it his way and i just i just love that because that's that's what we're all about right and, sure. and frank too speaking of uh, you mentioned going 52 and there was a chance that luca wouldn't even be drafted and i remember one of the reasons we wanted you on the show and, and what really stuck out to me was during the um, post-draft press conference when luca had a chance to speak and he said uh, that he was grateful to the organization and to the city for just giving him a chance and I remember that really struck me because it's not often you hear a, a player of the year show such grace and humility just for being, quote, given a chance. So I know Mike and I were talking prior to recording, but we were wondering, is that an attitude that's been inherent to Luca his whole life? Is that something that you've fostered? And how do you think that's helped him sort of grow and mature into the player that he's become? Well, excellent question, uh, Dante. I, um, you know, Luca is certainly it's his upbringing, you know, um, come from a sports family. My wife was an athlete, uh, still is an athlete. Uh, her sister was an athlete. My brother-in-law, Tama, was a professional player for 13 plus years in Europe, played with uh, Gary Payton at Oregon State, was one of the first Yugoslavians. Uh, my, actually, my dad and I brought over from, from Yugoslavia to play here. And um, uh, so it's like, 
the idea about getting better, uh, you know, Socrates said it best, when it's, which is the beginning of all wisdom is I don't know. So if you can continually harbor that kind of a, an attitude in a young person, pretty soon it becomes second nature. So for us to go from college being number one, yes, and, 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 and dominating with you know, double and triple chains, but then to go up to the next step, it's a big, it's a big step. It's a, it's a huge step. In terms of everyone on the team is uh, incredible physical uh, talents, uh, as opposed to maybe one or two on a team uh, in college. And so, uh, to have the chance to play in the best league on the planet, boy, we are nothing but great. Uh, you know, um, not because we're surprised, no, but just to have the chance to have someone look at Luca, look at his physical stats, and go, uh, and then yet still see him. You know, Fran McCaffrey at Iowa saw that in him. You know, that's why we went to Iowa. It takes a special kind of coach, general manager, to say, okay, I'm going to go for the unpopular pick. I'm going to go for, for heart. I'm going to go for leadership. I'm going to go for that. Boy, we're grateful. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's great. It's, it's so good to hear. Uh, this is, uh, I don't know if this is a little bit uh, of a change of pace, but uh, what's been the reception like in, in general uh, from, from Detroit fans for you, Mook? I'm not talking the odd uh, bad egg on Twitter, of course. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. No, I, the guy who messaged was... you, not him. <laughs> not well, him. I got several the first night from people just, just trying, to, trying to do it, but I totally, I, uh, I totally understand it. You know, it's not, I'm, it, didn't, it didn't upset me. For us, uh, we use it as our own nutrition if you will, in terms of, of understanding that everything must be earned, you know, everything must be earned. So, but as to the reception, oh, I'm just so thankful. I was hesitating whether or not I should tweet out some stuff about Luca, but because I got so many DMs, I was showing it to my dad the other day. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. I just felt like, well, hey, everyone's not knowing, you know, they haven't seen who he is. So let me just throw some stuff out there. Um, because we've been doing three workouts a day uh, for over three years. And prior to that, it was two a day. And so I, it'd be hard-pressed, and I know they're out there somewhere, but it'd be hard-pressed to find another kid who worked as hard as Luca, not just on the outside, but also the inside. Meditation, visual motor rehearsal, pranayama exercises, which pranayama, the science of breath. Luca's motors... Uh, much stronger than most because his lungs are one and a half time the capacity of, of his opponent because we practice meditation mm-hmm. and rehearsing the future because no stone unturned when you're trying to be the best. You've got to have the 360 development, which is not only outer skill development, but inner skill development. What happens when the lights go on, the referees are there, and it's time to play ball? Now what happens? All that athleticism tends to go out the window. Now what comes on comes down to inner in other words the saying is gentlemen you only perform on the outside in a manner that's consistent consistent with your inner coherence mind sure. body spirit and if that's in alignment you can you can pretty much move mountains if it isn't doesn't matter if there's defense on you or not you're still not going to make the basket absolutely absolutely and that inner sort of resilience that you were talking about that preparedness obviously comes from all of the times that people aren't watching, right? All of the hard work going on in the gym, all of those uh, videos that you're posting on Twitter of you and Luca just absolutely grinding, you know, ever since he's been drafted. And uh, I, of course, not an NBA athlete, but uh, I am an athlete myself. I I played pretty high-level soccer for a long time, and my dad was my coach. Awesome. Oh, it, it is awesome. So that's got to be a very special bond between you and How did you handle it? Let me just ask you that because it's kind of like – you know, growing up, it was like, you know, uh, you know, the other thing about the coach was to, to allow me to develop my son because, you know, that's what I was doing. Right. I did that. But how did you handle that with all that going on? I mean, it's, well, you know, Frank, it's funny. Um, sometimes, and, I, and I'm sure you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to get frustrated by your coach. But when your coach is your ride home, you can't exactly quit. The <laughs> so you just got to kind of roll with it. Um, and so that's something I learned. Uh, I learned. Um, pretty it was pretty tough growing up but it, it ultimately does make you a better player and something that my dad used to say that I just couldn't help but it was kind of bouncing around in my head as you were speaking is you practice like you play 
And so if you make your practices harder than any of those games are going to be, you're going to go out there and, and turn out a performance like Luca gave in the summer league, you know, yeah. and that, uh, it's very oh, evident. Oh, that's such a fun, uh, I think I'm so happy. That's, that's, um, uh, I appreciate you saying that and sharing that, you know, it's been a process to, you know, uh, you know, you know, not only being his father, but then also, you know, really, uh, taking on the development. Uh, it's been a challenge for, for both of us. And I know it couldn't have been easier for Luca in the early days. Just like you said, his ride home was me. His meal on the table was me. So exactly. Was choice, you know, on that ride home, but to listen to everything I said. Um, and, and so as all children do for, for the parents is that they help you grow. They help you uh, evolve. And that's the case. Uh, so at, at what stage, I mean, you, you guys, I take it, were training from, when he was pretty young, correct? Yes. Yeah. And at what stage did, did the two of you agree that, or, or decide really that, you know, we want to go for broke, so to speak, you know, uh, really the, at uh, the top, really the, the, the top world uh, league in the world, excuse me, the NBA is really what we want to work toward here. Cause I know that, uh, like I remember, uh, watching this documentary on Dirk Nowitzki and, and he had, uh, his trainer, I, I can't remember the name right now, but basically said, uh, to Dirk, that you know you're already the best player in, in germany you know maybe the best player germany has ever created nobody can stop that now but if you decide uh you want to go to the nba we're gonna to have to take this up one more level so at, at what point did you and, and luca really reach uh, reach that decision yeah great question it you know it evolved you know i was more concerned uh, as a dad um, making sure he fell in love with the game uh, because it requires that to do all that kind of work you have to love it workouts a day and the kind of workouts I did I only posted one about the pool work that's not even close to some of the stuff I've, I've put him through continue to do they were talking about stuff that nobody else on the planet I'm sure is uh, you know uh, in terms of uh, preparing himself for this um, but what, I, what we were more concerned about gentlemen was becoming the best that you're capable of rather than focusing on an end result which you can't control an outcome because there's too many other people involved but you can control the controllables, which is being the best you can be. Now, I had in my head, mostly based on what was going on in the development of the game, that, and, and it's not a fault of AAU, because thank God there's AAU, but essentially the big, the big man was disregarded. You're supposed to run 94 feet, get a rebound, and then get out of the way. Maybe block a shot on defense, but get out of the way. The guards are going to do it. So it became guard plate. So I know if we did it right, Luke would have a chance to go really far, maybe all the way to the top, because everyone has forgotten to develop the big. They don't know what a sigma pivot is. They don't know what a step back is. Is a big person. Why? You're not supposed to do that. They don't shoot a sky hook. Don't even know how to shoot a sky hook anymore. No one knows how to do this kind of footwork stuff because – Nobody cared. So we figured that if we could could do it right and practice the way we want to play, right? Intelligent practice creates intelligent play. Then we'd have a shot to, to go far. But we never, ever said, I never said, hey, you want to, you know, this is all about making the NBA because I, I didn't think that was right. Because what happens if he didn't make it? Is he a failure? Is all that work and effort and commitment just gone? No, it's the journey that produces all the fruit. So it was like, Let's be the best that we are capable of becoming and let that determine our level. And so that's all the thing about a potential is you can't control an outcome. You can only control your behavior. So what did we do? We ate right. We uh, worked out right. We did the inner work, which hardly anybody is doing. Rehearsing the future. Now, uh, just like Armstrong did when he went to the moon, he had a resting pulse in the 50s. How did he do that? Well, he went in his mind a billion times before he landed. So that when he got there, it was right as rain. Hey, I'm totally comfortable. So I, you know, Luca wanted it. He wanted to be the best. He wanted to play in the NBA. And I certainly never said, no, that's too, that's unrealistic. I said, hey, great. And what we focused on uh, was controlling the control to get there. Um, now, when did I, maybe a, 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 a caveat to your question was, when did I look at him and go, he was going to be an NBA player? It was his senior year in high school. Not it was after you know he won the Gatorade Player of the Year in D.C., which hadn't been done at his school ever uh, in basketball, and certainly uh, you know for him, 
achieve that was great, but that wasn't it. He played in three uh, all-star tournaments afterwards, including the Capital Classic, which is the historic one there. And he was MVP of all three. And when, he, when, I, when I watched him out there with all that other talent and seeing what he could do, because he was so fundamentally uh, better than everyone else, that I was sitting there going, well, it's going to happen. And I never shared that with him because that's in, that would be improper for me to put that pressure on him um, because it's, it, it's got to be him. Uh, but I could tell then that, that um, he was going to make money playing ball. Those are some wonderful tidbits, Frank. And I, and I can't help but notice that when you refer to um, all of these different steps along the way, you, you say we. You don't say Luca. You say we. And obviously, to get to this point, to reach something, to reach these heights, the NBA, uh, it takes a village. And uh, Luca is definitely lucky to have you, which sort of brings us to our next question. How have you been involved as his trainer? And I guess if you could just sort of walk us through, what's a training session like with, uh, with Frank Garza? <laughs> well, I, um, uh, I've always been, you know, you know, having a hand in Lucas, you know, a, you know, major hand in Lucas development. I always, something I know an awful lot about. Uh, I was again, blessed with phenomenal coaches, two of which are no longer, uh, here. And, uh, so they taught me stuff that I, I know just from being around the big 10 and around basketball as much as I have that, that really no one else knows, uh, and so I, I took that and, and thankfully Luca wanted to play basketball, not ping pong. Cause I wouldn't have made up a helping in ping pong. I would have to go get him a coach or, you know, <laughs> but, um, no, our workouts, um, were very intense and, and, um, and, uh, uh, of those three workouts of the day, I didn't do all three. What we did is we worked out his overall development, what we needed to do. We planned it out. So weights were done brought in a coach to do weights. Some of the pool work, I went and found a guy to do the pool work. And then the sh- I'll always be his shooting coach. I'll always be his, if that's something I, I'm, um, I'm is, is in our family. But a workout, um, you know, a typical workout, you know, we start first with a mind work, you know, meditation about what we're going to do in the practice. So we rehearse it first mentally. So we don't just go out there accidentally and try to do it. No, you rehearse it in the mind. Then we would do very intense workouts and, and we'd mix it up Let's do some inside some days and outside some days in terms of outside stuff, inside stuff. But probably the most glaring thing about our workouts, if you saw us work out, you'd go, geez, why aren't they using a basketball? I mean, you work it out in basketball, right? Well, why aren't you using a basketball? I said, well, because 85% of the time in the game, you don't have the ball. Mm-hmm. So should your workouts be 85% without the ball? Yes. Because that's how you play. And it's only the other percentage that you have the ball. So that would probably be the most glaring thing, Mike and Dante, that you would see in a workout, which is, where's the ball? <laughs> now, uh, uh, what, what would you say the, well, first I got to say, as, as a shooting coach, uh, you've done a pretty darn good job. You've got a guy who's, who's able to consistently uh, hit more than 40% from outside. I mean, that's that's a world-class skill for for any player and really in any league. Uh, but uh, what other, uh, you know, I, I know you've, you've described that clearly uh, you and Luca have, have trained in, in non-traditional ways. Are there any other, uh, any other sort of uh, aspects of that you think are notable? Yeah, certainly. I, I would say that, by the way, I will say this. Yeah, shooting is something I, I believe I can teach anybody how to shoot. Uh, because it's science, it's physics. Um, and I'll make this prediction. Luke will be the first big to shoot over 50% from three. Wow. Uh, he hasn't really shown his range yet, but he can shoot from the half circle, you know, which is 40 plus uh, feet away from the basket. I've actually posted some videos of him doing that at a very high clip. Uh, one, you know, 22 in a row, you know, 24 out of 20. I mean, just being able to do that. Now, he'll grow into that with the pace of the game. And I do think that he'll he'll be the first uh, big to, to shoot over uh, from three. Well, what other things we would do? Well, uh, we did a lot of lane slides with bricks uh, in his hands. So you get the idea of on defense, you got to have your hands up. So if you're carrying around a brick while you're doing lane slides, oh, my God, it's uh, you can hold your hands up a lot easier because the bricks uh, are out of your hands. So we, we, we would do a lot of that. We would we would um, we would. Um, uh, 
do a lot of different kinds of uh, bench jumps and things that uh, some of my coaches taught me specifically for, for basketball and, and pushing up. And again, a lot of the, as you saw in this, I, I posted the other day, some of the pool work with, with Luca that are kind of unconventional kinds of, um, of workouts. I remember one time we were um, working outside and I had Luca um, doing the crawl run, you know, on all fours, running along, just getting used to getting, you know, bending his legs. hard for big people to, to bend their legs and get down low. And I had some parent come up to me going, well, what the heck is that for? <laughs> and then they played the game and Luca actually dove for a loose ball, caught himself in the crawl, picked it up and didn't travel. And the parent looked over at me and went, ah, I see. Uh, another fun thing we did when Luke was younger is that I'd take him to a trampoline um, and uh, 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 that had a basket. So, you you know, I, uh, as a young kid, you know, what you see, you know, and all the games, the guys dunking that. So Luca couldn't do that. So I'd go take him out with a trampoline and a basket. There's places around where we live where you could go out. So, you know, he'd get to jump up, hang in the air and dunk it and just get the feel of hang time, get the feel of that. But I would say overall, the, the things that besides, you know, hey, where's the ball when you're practicing? But the other things that are very different about his workout is all the inner game work that, uh, that differentiates. Um, I mean, how many people are meditating before a workout, rehearsing what they're going to do in practice so they prepare their body to go out and do exactly what your mind told it to do? So many players just come out and play, and it's such a, it's such a disadvantage you know, I mean, in other words, it's a competitive advantage to have your mind prepped so it tells your body what to do rather than your body trying to tell your mind what to do. Make it, make it. It doesn't work that way because the first shot, gentlemen, is between your ears before you shoot it. Not, not when you're shooting it. You're going to make that shot before you shoot it. And that's mm-hmm. why I say the first shot. Sure. Well, I think it would be all of that mixed together that would create a very unconventional uh, approach to, to basketball development. Yeah. Frank, I've got two responses to that. Number one, I'm pretty sure I could listen to you talk all day. And number <laughs> two, <laughs> these methods may be unconventional, but at the end of the day, your son's in the NBA. So <laughs> I, they seem to have worked. But so we've talked about the childhood. We've talked about the journey. So let's fast forward to the present. So from a Pistons perspective, they're returning Killian Hayes, who had uh, some impressive flashes in his rookie season. Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart, all rookies, and then land the number one overall pick. Cade Cunningham is coming to town. And then two very notable college players, number one in your son and number two, Isaiah Livers, who you already mentioned, um, you had a prior existing relationship with. So there was a lot of buzz and fanfare around this team going into summer league and you fly out to Las Vegas. So could you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like? And let, I'm not 100% sure. Are you still in Vegas right now? Yes, yes. I leave tomorrow. I'll watch the game this evening. And, and uh, well, I, I made my ticket. This is just who I am. I made my ticket to leave after the championship game because, of course, I assumed Detroit would be in it. Now, this was summer league, no big deal. And again, you know, we were three for two. We, you know, but we didn't. So anyway, that was just my 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 mindset uh, for it. Um, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, to your question, um, listen, Luca, uh, you know, phase one is done with a two way. Now he needs to earn a roster spot. So that becomes, you know, mission objective number two. And that's just going to come down uh, to Luca finding, uh, you know, based on what Coach Casey wants, what Troy, how they want it, finding out where he can best support and help and then doing it 100% of the time. And that's a path that starts with training camp. I mean, listen, Summer League was fun. It was good. It's all that stuff. But now you're going to deal with some vets been playing in the league that know what's going down. And thank God Jeremy Grant's on the team because we work out with Jeremy Grant at the DMV. Thank God Sadiq Bay's on the team. He's a DMV guy, you know. Mm-hmm. They played against each other in high school. You know, he went to a school across the street from Murray. And so it's like, thank God he's got, and thank God Livers is there. Thank God just the whole thing is there. But the point is, now is where school starts, is training camp, you know, and he'll do the rookie part and then come in the vets. And, and he, I tell you what, he's going to be a sponge and soak it all up because like in life and in basketball, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. 
And so for Luca, he's coming in like a sponge saying, hey, I don't know what that path is. I'm going to find it out and I'm going to look around and see it because that is what it's going to take to to uh, to convert that two way. And uh, he's going to have to earn that. And uh, and he's going to. Uh, and and so now the next phase of his development begins. And, and now, listen, guys, my role in his development now is still is now going to be less because the coaches in Detroit and at this level, the NBA, there is so much talent. I mean, Luca was telling me one of the coaches was going through how to set a screen for about an hour. I loved it because that kind of detail is what it takes to be the best. It's on the on the detail. So I'll always be a shooting coach and I'll always do my part with it. But he's now evolved into he's no longer an apprentice. He's now, you know, master of his game, knowing that he needs to learn. And so he's going to go do that. We've I've got to trust and I do the process that we went through is within him. So he's going to do all those things. And if he knows how to raise his hand and ask me something if it's really bugging him. And he knows that I'll do the same. For instance, if I didn't point out something in a game that I saw, that he saw, he'd get on my case. Hey, Dad, you didn't mention that. You know, I didn't do this over here. Why didn't you say that? You know, so he holds me accountable as much as I. But it's like there's so much for him to learn, so many new things for him to do, and so much to learn from the vets. And he's going to he's gonna take it up in, as a sponge and, and do his best to contribute and uh, help this team win. So uh, what would you say is, is of course, somebody I'm sure is going to continue to, uh, to train with him quite a bit. Uh, what, what have you guys been working on the most with an eye uh, toward the, toward the NBA uh, ever since he was drafted in terms of, in terms of skills and really what do you think the next skill frontier is for, for Luca as far as maximizing yeah. himself in the NBA? Yeah. Great, great question. And by the way, you know, we hired our agents and we, we, I would do the night workout and they would do the day workout. And so we coordinated. What did we want to do? Well, first off, we wanted to drop 25 plus pounds, get him lighter. He was in great shape. He played 38 minutes in college. You know how hard that is to do in the Big Ten? He would, bigs were coming in. Like last night, you saw three different bigs coming in to guard Luca. Three different bigs coming in to smash on him. Same thing happened his whole collegiate career. So he was in great shape. He was just 270 because he had to be big and smash around in the middle. That's not the NBA game. So we had to change to make it. So what did we do? We dropped the weight. Uh, our, our agents, comparative um, uh, uh, sports uh, consultants, we, we uh, got him with all those trainers to work on his dribbling, his one-hand passing. Um, his, his, uh, 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 this was the time, gentlemen, for him to use his step-backs. We've been doing step-backs for years, but never could really use them. He only used it one time his senior year in college, the step-back. And now he's got to use that a lot here. So we got it. Uh, uh, we practice them all the time. He just couldn't use them. So we're bringing out the sky hook that's in his bag. We're bringing out the step back that's in his bag. We're bringing out the passing. He got some assist. He's almost three assists a game. Why? You're going to have to guard him or he'll score. And if you're uptight on him, he can pass him like he did to Sadiq on those things. So there's a lot passing, dribbling, lower weight, faster feet, better defense, having your hand up all the time on defense, not having it down. All these, these things are where he needs to go. Now, this time next year, he'll probably will have put on 10 to 15 pounds of just tight core muscle. And I think his ideal weight will be in the, in the 255 range, 250, 255 range from 42 now. And so that's, you know, um, these kind of skills, even a quicker release uh, on some stuff, although his quick release, we worked on a lot, but he'll need to, you know, refine that more and more. Um, and, uh, so those things, as you saw, he could dribble pass, didn't do much, do, do a ton of that in, in college. And, and, uh, and we worked really hard on it for the summer league. So uh, I know that Lucas post game was really, uh, it was really, I wouldn't say necessarily as his bread and butter in the NCAA, but it was a big aspect of his game. Now, uh, sure. We know that that post offense isn't quite as prolific and it's uh, tends to be the realm of very few players. How how uh, would you and Luca be working toward translating that game to the NBA? Where I think it's just well, certainly it's just played a little bit differently, or quite a bit differently from the NCAA. And uh, I guess in, in general, just uh, you know, how how do you think he's going to have to adapt his game from college to fit the NBA? <clears throat> yeah, great question. I think what he's going to need to do is to be that big that that stretches the court uh, and makes fifty plus percent of his threes and then when he's on him he can create offense by he did that you saw with with um 
with Lee and and uh, with Cade, you know, he'd catch it, pass, boom. You know, they kind of ad lit back and forth. Did you see how much he screened and, and moved and he created openings? You're going to see a lot of that from him. You're going to see a ton of pick and pop, pick and pop, fake drive, step back like he did in the, in the game. And then when it comes to the post, I think where that post game translated, which he's a phenomenal post player, is an offensive rebounds and on the roll because he knows what to do in the paint and how to get it up. And so you could see it on some of the rolls he had in the summer league and some of the offensive rebounds. He would get and ones. Why? He knows how to go up and get, take the foul, hang, smash, and then still lay it up and get it up. And that's where he'll, what he'll be able to bring from college to the, uh, to the, uh, to the NBA is that knowledge of how, what to do once you get the ball in the middle. He's got great hands, very few balls that will be in the, anywhere in his area that he won't grab. Uh, and so that, translates in for him and will they post him up well i think on that role when he's got a smaller guy and i think it's an easy two um and so that'll just be a matter of what how, how they all want him to to roll with it but he'll be a screener be a great passer a great initiator of the offense and a great trailer uh for that long bomb three and then on the pick and pop uh, which i expect him to shoot seven to nine threes a game, making over 50%. Uh, I see that translating what he's going to need to adjust at that next level because then that opens up the game. Can you imagine with Cade having, not having to worry about help defense because they have to stick to Luca? I mean, he has all that room or Killian mm-hmm. or Lee or Jeremy Grant or Sadiq. I mean, my God, these guys are. I've always said this, and my dad reminded me of this, is I always said this growing up, Luca growing up, the best ideal scenario for Luca is four phenomenal athletes and Luca, because you're going to have to, when these, the other four drive, you're going to have to have help. And when help comes over, Luca's sitting in the corner, bang, you know, just like a knife through the heart, you know, bomb and a three when they do that. And that scenario I think has a lot of potential. Frank, you're getting me excited here as a Pistons fan. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, uh, well, I'm excited, man. I can't wait, man. October 22nd, right? I mean, you let's should go. be. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great, Frank. And and uh, speaking of, so Detroit in general, obviously, I, I, I can imagine um, just as a basketball family, you guys were very cognizant of the bad boys, you know, the bad boys, the going to work Pistons. And a lot of their team identity, I say a lot, pretty much all of their team identity was defense. And a lot has been made about Luca's defense and obviously dropping the weight has helped. I know um, in some prior episodes or actually just the last episode we recorded, I talked about how when you're 270 pounds and you drop 25 to 30 pounds, that doesn't mean that you can't become Usain Bolt all of a sudden, but it does mean that you can get, <laughs> at least I don't think it means that I'm not a sports scientist, but it does mean that you can get to your spots quicker on defense and hopefully bother some quicker players on the way to the rim and disrupt their shots. And so what would you say is the plan to further improve Luca's defense moving forward? And based on the summer league in general, how do you think he did? What did you like? What did you not like? And, and what would you give his progress report so far on that uh, side of the basketball? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a great question. So, I mean, I would say this, certainly Lucas foot speed, we're doing a lot to increase that. And we're not, we're not even done there yet. I mean, I went to school with Dan O'Brien, who's the world's greatest athlete, won the Atlanta uh, gold medal. And uh, early on, he showed me some, <laughs> it was in Iowa, I mean, in Idaho, where we went to school together, it's like he showed me some foot stuff that we haven't yet brought out that that is going to be incorporated in what he's doing to really improve his footwork. It's part of why we did some of the pool work. And then we have a great trainer, uh, Gibson Training and the DMV, who's got some great, works a lot, a lot with the NFL guys, working a lot on the foot speed, foot feet, foot feet, constantly always moving his feet, never standing, uh, standing flat-footed ever. He's the athlete that cannot stand flat-footed. Pretty much all the other athletes can stand flat-footed can see the play develop and go bang and they're there. Luca can't. He has to already have his legs bent on his toes to move. Everyone else synapse speed from the brain to the feet are way more, you know, uh, uh, higher than Lucas. But he's just got to start sooner. He's got to anticipate. But I'll say this to you: What other center had five blocks in one game in the entire summer league? Oh, I'm I'm not sure. Was there anybody? Nobody. No. How many guys, when the guy tried to dunk on him, he met him out there and challenged him with both hands up there, straight up. They thought they were going to posterize Luca, and he blocked the shot. They didn't give him the block, 
he blocked the shot, didn't do it. So he stopped the, you know, he protected the rim more than any other center playing in the summer league that I saw. I didn't see all of the 40 games to date, but what I saw, and I was there for the, on the days of the games where they had the tickets where I watched those games. I didn't see a center get back as fast as Luca. I didn't see a center rebound as much as Luca. I didn't see a center block out as much as Luca. I didn't see a center go to the board. I didn't see a center have a hand up on defense on the switch every time and challenge each shot because he had his hand up. I saw a lot of centers go out there, have their hands down. They just shot over them. So I want to challenge those to say Luca's terrible on defense. Okay. Yeah, he's got some foot speed issues. But tell me a guy through hustle, hard work. When he got switched out and he was on the guards, nobody blew by him. No one had a free land. Nobody. So I'm going to challenge everyone on the defensive part because no one else had those blocks. No one else protected the rim like that. And no one else had a challenge at the rim where it was going to be a posterization and he blocked it. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with you, Frank. And and I, and I think too, even watching some of these, uh, you know, we've been starved for basketball. So I'm rewatching some of these summer league games because I'm just so, so excited about the team. And one of the things we've talked about this so many times on this podcast before, but, uh, or at least I have. One thing my dad would always tell me growing up, uh, you know, playing soccer, him being my coach, was that you can offset not being an elite athlete by having elite thinking and elite anticipation. If you already know where you're going to go before you need to be there, it doesn't matter if you're lightning quick. You're already there before the guy who's faster than you is there. And so when I was rewatching some of these games, I noticed even if Luca doesn't have the quickest foot speed, he's managing to bother these quicker players all the way to the rim and like you said, putting up five blocks in a game doesn't happen by accident. You need to be in the right place at the right time. So I can only imagine that those are aspects of the game that you yourself have sort of emphasized with him and Luca's cognizant of as well. Yeah, well, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. The most important thing on defense, and I had one of the best defensive coaches in, in, in the game. In fact, Yugoslavia, the country, when they had their junior national team, again, now remember, this was one country with Bosnia, Croatia, um, uh, Serbia, Montenegro, all one country, right? My coach was brought over to teach them defense because they didn't know how to play defense. So we know a lot about defense. So the number one thing about defense is right, is uh, peripheral vision and presence of mind, being able to see the play develop and get there first. Absolutely. So you'll see Luke on his peripheral vision has immensely improved. He's still got a ways to go on that. You're not swivel head. You can see both by looking straight ahead and then using your fundamentals to get not let anybody get in the paint, beat them before they get in the paint, get there first, stop them, take a charge, reflect it. And that, that does a lot to a, to an offensive person when, when you've got a guy that's going to be there at his size, uh, closing out, uh, you know, with that. So, you know, listen, he's got a long ways to go and yeah, he hasn't played against the vets yet, but he did work out with Jeremy and he has the last two summers when Jeremy's been around. And so he's been with some top uh, talent, uh, uh, teaching them how to how to cover, particularly on the on the ball screen, and so he'll you know now listen, he's not the best at defense, you know who is, and 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 in the general in general in the NBA, this is the most I've heard the NBA talk about defense in a long time when they talk about Luca. Everyone wants to talk about their defense. I'm, okay, time out. All right, what other player are you talking about defense? Because right now let's match them up. Who had their hand up on every possession? Who challenged every shot? Who didn't get beat on the dribble? Who, who protected the rim? Well, I, Luca did compared to those others. So, yeah, they may have a ceiling once they learn it to then do it. But how many will actually do it every time? How many athletes will actually sprint back on defense every time? Well, when you start measuring that, that circle becomes very small. And so I think he'll adapt. He'll find a way. And Casey's a brilliant, I mean, but you're talking about a guy that knows the game. He'll figure out some defensive sets that will not so much hide, but amplify Luca's ability to play defense. So this is a little change of pace, but you've mentioned Jeremy Grant, who's only been with the Pistons for about, uh, I think, just shy of 10 months, man. And his last season, strangely enough, started in, uh, in December. Uh, so what has uh, the experience of you and Luca been like uh, working out with Jeremy? Well, you talk about... Uh, a gentleman, you know, just, uh, yeah, I was familiar with him at Denver, you know, when, when he was at Denver uh, and watching his career. 
um, his agents are our agents uh, as well, Imperative Sports um, Consultants. And, and um, you know, uh, he is so talented. I mean, he, he, you know, I mean, he is just flat out, uh, just hard to imagine. I wonder what it would feel like to be able to be that fast and that jump that high and be that strong. So what Jeremy brings for us is just that calm confidence, you know, that comes from being that kind of player. Look, he brings home a gold medal, you know. Went to his uh, alma mater in high school the other day, posted a picture. Just guy's an ambassador. And um, and so that means a lot because, you know, Luca's got wide open eyes. And so we need, you know, I, we, we need someone to look out for him. And I know that besides the coaching staff and his teammates, I know that Jeremy – in fact, I'll tell you this story. Luca gets drafted. Well, all of a sudden his phone rings. It's Jeremy Grant calling from Tokyo. Now that just tells you pretty much uh, what that means for him to do that because it was different time of the day, of course, and yet it was important for him to let Luca know, hey, I'm going to do this. And so that's what he means to us um, as a, you know, uh, in terms of that calm confidence that, hey, you're not where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to. That's fantastic. So uh, I got another question. Uh, what would you say? I mean, this has been, I'm sure, just such an incredible journey. Uh, what would you say you are, are the proudest of as far as uh, how Luca has developed both as a basketball player uh, just and as a human being? Well, I would say this. The things that I'm, you know, um, you know, the things I'm most proud of is um, – you know, uh, you know, one is love of his family, you know, his, um, his, uh, you're right. It takes a village uh, to grow, to grow a man and same with a female, but I'm just talking about Lucas. It takes to grow a man. Um, and the other saying I used to always say, uh, and I still say is, Hey, success has a thousand fathers failure, but one. And I always told him this, I'm that one, mm-hmm. you know, that's in terms of everything else out there in the village. I'm that one. I'm going to, Make sure my my last dying breath, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure my kids have a better life and, and uh, have a chance to succeed. And so uh, we share that. But what am I most proud of? I'm most proud of the fact that when he only had $28.33 in his bank account as the best player in college basketball, we did an NFT and it sold for a little bit over 42000 Before we sold it and as we were creating his non-fungible token, the first you know, player ever to do that coming out of college. Um, he said, dad, I want to make sure I give back to, to the community in Iowa. I want to, I want to donate. And it ended, it was north of 20% of the proceeds to children's hospital and the net proceeds to children's hospital. I said, Luca, that that's one of the things I'm most proud of. The other thing I'm most proud of is, is Luca would take time to go to the children's hospital and read to the, didn't have to do it. Wasn't asked to do it, but he knows where he came from and the, and where he came from was, you know, Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson had a great uh, essay. His whole essay series is great. His whole you know, book of work is great, but uh, body work is great. But one of his essays is on his essay on compensation. And that's what it's called compensation. And in that and inherent in that in Luca is the understanding that in order to win, you must give, you can't win and then give, no, you have to give and then you win. And to the extent that you give, the more you win. So it's like that, that saying about karma. Karma is undefeated, has no expiration date, and comes with no menu. You get exactly what you've earned. And so it stuck with him. And so he does these things. And when he does it as a dad, I'm sitting there going, guy's got $20 in his account. We didn't know it would sell for $42,000. We didn't know it would sell for a dime. But whatever it's sold for, he's given a big chunk back to his community. And he'll do the same thing in Detroit because that's who he is. Wherever he's sitting or his nexus, he's going to make sure that any inside his orbit, anything around him, he's going to do his best to touch and uplift those around him. Frank, those are some wonderful tidbits. And uh, we can't even tell you how appreciative we are to have you on here sharing these stories. And uh, it's like we said, this must be the absolute busiest time in the world. And yet you came on and and you made uh, about an hour of time for us here. So we really appreciate it, Frank. 
we're cheering for you and your son. You have no idea. And honestly, I'm not sure who accomplished more this week because Luca got a two-way NBA contract, but you came and you killed it on the Driving to the Basket podcast. So I don't know. <laughs> Are you going to sign me a two-way? You're going to sign I mean, me a two-way guy? <laughs> I mean, I guess an invite back later in the year. Does that count as a well, two-way? I love it, guys. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. You know, it's a... Frank, you are more than welcome anytime to come back on. We absolutely loved having you. And uh, speaking of uh, just, (laughs) it's funny because the reason that um, we had the idea to even ask you in the first place is because you're sort of a rising uh, Pistons Twitter superstar. And so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, mix and edit the episode. We'll tweet it at you. And if you retweet it, I don't know, I guess we'll end up on Good Morning America or something. (laughs) Twitter is growing. I don't know. But uh, honestly, Frank. That's, well, that's... I'd be happy to do that. And again, I, I appreciate you guys, um, you know, and I, I'm, again, so appreciative of Detroit of just open arms for Luca because, you know, even though I got the over 100 DMs, guys, uh, at me about Luca, I want them to know that, hey, I, I have no ill feeling. The issue is you guys want best for your city. We do, too. And we think Luca being there will help that. That's my belief. That's my mindset. And Luca's going to do everything and his ability to make it so. We love to hear that. You've got no idea what that means to both us and all of the listeners and all of the Pistons fans out there. It's it's uh, really embodies the spirit of the city and the spirit of all these sports franchises. And we're, we're so hungry for some success. And I think we sort of think we've got something special coming up here with the Pistons. And we're hoping that Luca can be a big, big part of that. Uh, me too. I, I, I tell you, I've been around sports my whole life. I've champions and championship teams and whatnot that that ineffable quality that you can just feel but not touch you know you can sense it but not it's not tangible yeah man that's what's happening with this organization and i am just so happy that luca has a home where there's that caliber i'm not saying the other other organizations don't have that no no i don't mean that but i'm just saying it's in abundance here and that's as a dad wanting the best uh for his kids uh I can't think of a better home. And, uh, and I just uh, know he's going to do whatever it takes. And I hope that's enough and that's good enough to to uh, to contribute. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this, Frank, just like Dante said, has been an absolute pleasure. So uh, thank you once again. And uh, it's it, it's not just been fun hearing about this, but it's also just been educational. It seems like, uh, or inspiring rather, it seems like you and Luca just have such a great outlook on on life and on you know what to do to get uh, from from point a to where you want to be yeah well thank you thank you both and again thanks for having me on and and a special shout out to Detroit I'll be seeing you at the games guys <laughs> absolutely as soon as the border opens Frank I'm there and I'm buying you a beer how does that <laughs> all right I'll take you up on that guys all right sure thing well listen Frank thank you again and to all the listeners thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time